Welcome to Live to Inspire with your host Krishna Laganini. Today our guest is Kathleen Seeley. She's a transformational leadership coach and founder of Massively Human Leadership. She believes authentic leadership in everyone is possible regardless of title. Let's welcome Kathleen. You have been a leadership and transformation coach for a lot of people in the Jack Canfield circle, and uh, you also work with a lot of corporations and you also work one-on-one -on -one basis. Uh -huh. So thank you for taking time today to share some of your wisdom and knowledge with my audience here. So let's dive in. You, your company, Humanly Based Leadership, you know, the name is unique enough and the logo is unique enough. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, I actually, I landed on that logo and name a couple of years, probably before I even announced it, because it felt so, when I, when I had the insight of Massively Human Leadership, it just felt so big for me. And it's because I think that what's key today to success, personal success and organiza organizational success, success in relationships is really about being authentic and um, real and just human. And in leadership today, I think we need to take it one step above and just be like massively human. So that's how I came up with it. Um, and my logo is, as you know, it's the world in a thumbprint, but it's turned on its side because I think we need to upset the current uh, status quo for uh, just to meet the moment actually right now, the old patterns of leading and that command and control or, um, what's in it for me is just not going to get us through this uh, current uh, crisis. Yeah, it, it all falls down to values. And I think uh, when we first met at one of Jack Canfield's uh, events, you taught us about the passion test. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I still use it every day. And I actually mm -hmm. combine that with like some of the Stephen Covey's principles and, you know, look at the quadrant two and how do you move them in different quadrants. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for putting that thought. You know, there is a way how you prioritize things and aligning with your passion that day. Mm -hmm. And when we look at values, everything comes down to relationships, right? And when you work with individuals or corporations, how does that change? Like, how do you see that transforming in a company success or personal relationship? Okay. Well, okay. So I'll, I'll give a little baseline because I, I, I believe, and I, I'm not, this is an original thought of mine, but our values underpin everything that we do. So whenever um, we are in any relationship, be it at home, at work, in friends, at church, uh, it, it, our values really are running the show. So an awareness of what's running the show is important. So thinking about our values and values really are beliefs with a punch so we believe a lot of things but we know we bump up against a value when something really triggers us or we feel connected so when i work with individuals no matter in what context i use the metaphor of an orange and when you squeeze an orange now this is a trick question see if you can get the answer when you squeeze an orange what comes out I like orange juice. That's orange juice, orange. not apple juice, right? Yeah. And, and it's orange juice that comes out when you squeeze it because that's what's inside. And, and that's one of the best uh, metaphors I have for explaining about values and how they matter and how they matter in relationships, particularly when you're under pressure or in times of change and when it feels like the world is chaotic. Your values can anchor you. 
So if you understand what's inside, what are your core values and your belief systems around that, you're able to consciously um, engage in relationships because I understand that there's these deep drivers underneath me and underneath you. And when we're under pressure, when we're squeezed, that's a word, squeezed, yes. Uh, when we're under pressure, what comes out? And um, the work that I do is helping people, first of all, understand and recognize what beliefs they hold that are really um, running the show and those beliefs are anchored to a value and recognizing if those values and the beliefs around them are really going to get you to where you want to be. And um, um, I, I, you, you'd mentioned that I talk about passion. I talked about the passion test and I think that the piece that I added on to working with Janet Atwood's passion test is I think the values are one step below. It's deeper. I think we all have a core motivation and they're um, guided by our values and expressed through our passions and manifested uh, in form through our goals. So that's why values, I think, are even a, a more important conversation than to have about passions, particularly in the workplace. Because if, we if we are clear on our values um, organizationally, when things like this hit that's happening right now, uh, we're able to make decisions based on our values and we don't get swept away because we're clear on what they mean to us together in relationship. I do a lot of research around like what Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett, they all have these fundamental core values mm -hmm. and they never change. Like if you look at like Amazon history 20 years ago and now, it still has the same core values as the business is today. Uh -huh. When you look at these core values, are there something very specific that stands out to you? So talking uh, about organizations, um, doing research, uh, a, a piece of work called, you know, best places to work as well as firms of endearment. What they have, when you sort of do a, a study of all those companies that are seen to be as the, who have managed their culture most effectively for the longest term, uh, the things that they have in common are a culture of um, work-life balance, teamwork, accountability, employee recognition, and uh, leadership development or coaching and mentoring. So those are the things that are present in the companies that are claimed to have the best cultures. And it, they're really measured based on time um, and who has sustained um, a values-driven culture over time happen to be also be more most uh, profitable. And I'll compare to, like you've obviously done a lot of reading, business reading, and remember the book Good to Great, right? Do you remember that book? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Flywheel. Flywheel, yeah. yeah. It used to be the baseline for what every company wanted to strive for. And it was really around uh, management, effective systems and management. And it dipped into a little bit about heart-centered leadership but when we look at the companies that are, are even more successful and outperform the S&P 500 and the good to greats, these quote called firms of endearment, outperform the good to greats after 15 years by uh, 10 times. And it's because they have focused for the long term on stakeholder relationship management where not just, it's not just shareholder uh, return that they look at. They look at vendors, employees, environment. They take a more holistic approach to uh, leadership. So that's, um, that's what, what I've, I've found in the companies that I find who have the most sustainable cultures or the cultures they're striving 
for. They have a, a, a culture of accountability, teamwork, uh, leadership development, coaching and mentoring, uh, employee, re employee uh, recognition, as well as uh, work-life balance. Talking about the personal core values, uh, you often share uh, stage with, uh, you know, legends like Jack Canfield. When you see these people as individuals and making those connections with their passion and working for a certain company and whatnot, what is that something they can look into and say, you know, I need some help with this? You know, there, there, there's a checklist that you can share. So I think there's a couple of things there. I, I, first of all, I, I invite people to not to worry about any of that because you're exactly where you're supposed to be in the moment. But the most important next step then is to get clarity of focus on really what are your core values. And your core values, um, like I, I have a free personal values assessment that people can do and it gives them a picture of where they are in their core values based on stages of development. It's a real profound tool. But the tool aside, if you understand, if you're able to recognize what your, even your top three core values are, you can, you can um, connect the dots as to why certain things trigger you or why other things inspire you. And why this is important in the workplace is because if I go to work every day and my values are compromised, I might not be consciously aware that that's happening, but a piece of me is being torn away every time I go, every day I go to work, not recognizing that it's my values that are being compromised. The other thing I wanna say is with identifying your core values or your passion or your purpose or whatever that is, um, not, I don't mean that whatever that is, it's whatever that is for you, is a recognition that to kind of drop into what your values are, but the next step, is to define and describe very clearly what it would look like if you're living that value. Because every value is, um, is sort of insulated by a belief system. Like, for example, I have a value of family, you have a value of family, and the value of family can be found around the world. But the expression of that value is where we may differ. And in organizations, in relationships, we have to understand what family means to you and what it means to me and what it means to us organizationally. Like, you, you know, I have mine, you have yours, and what do we have? And what do they mean for us at Company X? What does this mean to us? And that's how we can really use values to leverage our own engagement in the day-to-day -day life, but also organizationally engage people uh, in the bigger vision. Yeah, I, I totally understand that because, you know, uh, being a marketing agency for us, there is no B2B or there's no B2C. Mm -hmm. It's human to human. What is that value we are creating to that person in that mm -hmm. business and how that transfers into their entire business? Um, but let's look at your um, favorite quote. Like you have a favorite quote. I still remember it from time to time. Yeah. You never touch someone so lightly you do not leave a trace. Right. Yeah. So much depth to it, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I notice on your website is um, you're a keynote speaker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what is that you often speak on, like mostly on leadership? Well, mostly, uh, gosh, in the last, I would say, 12 months-ish, almost ready to meet this moment, is really on how to thrive in uncertain times and in times of change. And... Um, and the, the, the values of, of any organization is a reflection of the values of the leadership. 
So getting very clear, if I'm speaking to a group, uh, a leadership group, which is mostly kind of what I do, I talk about, just like I'm going to tie in that quote, that you never touch someone so lightly, you do not leave a trace quote, is in leadership, everything you do and in life causes something to move. So um, really speaking about how, first of all, to ground ourselves in the perceived chaos, but also be a vessel for others to feel safety in. So not only creating calmness for me, but calmness for others. And that's the leadership edge is how do I create spaces for people to be, uh, to feel safe and to also know that they can thrive in these uncertain times. And fundamentally, it's really about getting grounded in your values. Mm -hmm. So mainly, I guess, to, to sort of bring it back to the question is a lot of my talk is focused around um, finding clarity in uncertainty, how to thrive in uncertain times. And the ending and the, the sort of the, the home run for all of my talks is really about your values, really provide you, they're the anchors that hold you steady in the storm. You know, we, we get lost, like even though we have these core values. Mm -hmm. um, do you recommend a structure for, you know, how often they should be referring to or looking at or frame it on the wall? Well, you know, I, I, do, well, I do it a lot just because I teach it a lot. But I think that um, in order to identify your core values and, you know, what you, let's, let's look at stages in life, they change as well. Like I've always had the values of safety and fairness. They followed me my whole life. But depending on where I am in my life, different things really matter. Like for me at 56, legacy really matters. I'm really working on, you know, what am I leaving behind with my company? And so everything I do, I think about that. But um, what I encourage people to do is do, you know, even, even a values assessment to identify what your top values are, but more importantly, to write a story or create a narrative about what each of those values look like if you were living them fully. So that gives you a, a visual, tangible thing to hold on to, to how to guide yourself uh, mm -hmm. into your own possibility. And some values might be aspirational and some might be uh, actually living. You might be living them fully. But to reflect on them, I don't think it hurts uh, to reflect on them every you know quarter at, at the very least. I think organizationally, you should check in on your vision and your values annually to see if we're on track or off track not necessarily to change them, but to, to, to just see, are we um, in alignment? Is what we're doing um, in alignment with our values? And if not, do we need to revisit them or realign our behavior? Mm -hmm. But, you know, organizationally, it, it applies on the macro level and the micro level. Like for me individually, there was a time when I really put family first because when I was building my business, I, I put family second or third, and that's just what was true for me. Um, and now I'm like, I really want to focus on that. There was a time where I was really focusing on that. And so the decisions I made, I had to remind myself and I have my values posted and I do encourage you to have them in front of you um, and say, you know, is this decision I'm making getting me closer to or pulling me further away from my value of family or my value of X, Y, or, or Z, whatever that value is. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have them in front of you. But what's even better is to have a description of what it would look like if you were living it, because the word is one thing, but it becomes so much more tangible if you give it flavor and color and texture by describing the story of the value. 
it it definitely gives a deeper meaning when you write that story. Yeah. And even, you know, applying the law of attraction manifestation principles, like you can visualize what it that you yeah. want look like, right? Um, you know, one thing, family comes plus for a lot of us. But as a business mm-hmm. owners, we have priorities too. And sometimes you juggle mm-hmm. with it. And a lot of uh, entrepreneurs stug- struggle with, um, you know, the work-life balance. Uh, yes. Do you have any comments on that? So I think that, um, like, imagine yourself right now, anyone who's watching this video, maybe do this. It's the inter- inter- interactive part. But when you stand, imagine yourself standing on one foot. And then I would say to you, when you feel like you have balance, raise your hand. And most people, you know, they kind of steady themselves and they'll raise their hand. Um, But then I'll say, you know, what is your foot doing? And it's always correcting, always correcting, recalibrating. So perfect balance is elusive and impossible. If you were in perfect balance, you'd be dead because that's equilibrium, nothing coming in and nothing going out. So what you're talking about and and us to be aware of is sometimes the things that we value can compete with each other. Like the the building your business and family time, those feel like they're in conflict. And you you might be building your business in support of your family. So recognizing that these things uh, fight for time. And the thing that we need to learn to do the most, uh, especially, gosh, right now when people are many are working from home and who haven't been before, but having clear boundaries on your time. And so recognizing if you like, for example, when we build our businesses and sometimes for life, they just suck the life out of us in a, in a good way, but they take a lot of time, but always recognizing that we need to put a boundary on that. And we're in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And because if we want to, at the end of the day, if we want to build this thriving business to what end, Oftentimes we can lose our family along the way. So my point being, these things compete, we recalibrate, we never have perfect balance, but checking in on a regular basis to just do an, a self-assessment to say, you know, I was really gonna focus on value or the, my value of family for the next uh, three months. And every time I was faced with a decision, I chose to work, you know, do I really value family or do, do I need to recalibrate? It's just a conversation you have with yourself. Um, And we're always uh, at, at, uh, we have conflict and it's in conflict that we create new things and new ways of doing things and being gently frustrated even in our own mind and our heart about our competing values helps us be more creative in how we choose to live our life going forward. Um, Because you know, there isn't a perfect formula. There isn't a perfect balance. And um, I think that the key, if I was to give a headline to this uh, little conversation on this part is having boundaries. No one else has to respect your boundaries. Only you do. Because if you respect your boundaries, you don't have to worry about anyone else doing it. So you're taking that 100% responsibility for yourself um, and the decisions that you make. You know, it's it's tough to know these things right up on the top, right? Um, I struggle with that illusion of work-life balance for many mm-hmm. years, looking at, okay, I need to be home with the kids and family, and then I had to complete this, and okay, I'm going to stay awake. It just becomes overwhelming mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there are too many things and too many goals, and you want to smash every single one of them because that's the personality I have. 
But as soon as I realized there are certain things, okay, I need to make changes. It made it a lot more easier. And sharing some of my personal thoughts here because it's so important to know that there's no perfect work-life balance. Well, well, first of all, I agree. Uh, first of all, perfection is an illusion and all it does is keep us stuck. Um, and just a re sort of that recalibration and, and rechecking in when you, you mentioned that, you know, we, we want to uh, crush all our goals. And I would suggest that um, we, if we set our goals in alignment with our deeply held values, if there's a connection to that, we're more likely to follow through. So, you know, what are those big goals set to accomplish to make you look good or what is the motivation? So not you personally, just the, the person to think about the goals that you're setting and we, we kill ourselves doing it. And um, I think that uh, happiness and success and fulfillment needs uh, sort of a, a refresh. It, it isn't about, you know, whoever makes the most wins. And that's an old model. It's really what at the end of the day is winning, so to speak. Like what is success, success on your own terms. Mm -hmm. And what that might um, require that we do is to change our goals, to create more of that uh, balance. It's never perfect, but my point being, um, at certain stage of our life, we're building, we're building, we're building, we're building our empires, so to speak. I use the word loosely. But then at some point, we need to stop and go, and what was that for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we want to do it mindfully. And if we set goals in alignment with our values that are expression of our core motivation, that deep thing, that driver, the passion, or whatever word you want to use, then we're more likely to recognize how that big vision uh, supports every other area of our life. So taking a broader view on what the goal is. Yeah, I, I don't think we can, I mean, I think we have to set big goals. If we make them all, then we're setting them too low, but also recognize to what end, right? Yeah, like even um, setting the big goals, right? You know, be hack, like yes, Jack Canfield yeah. calls it. Um, people don't realize how much that aligns with their values and vision, and is it something that's serving them in full mm -hmm. because it's, it's an illusion, the success and the money and most often people, I want to be like somebody, right? The moment mm -hmm. they said that and then they set a goal and it's not aligning with their values or with their passion, they're never going to really get there. I mean, maybe, but it takes a lot of efforts and painful lessons to get there because it was never really aligned with their passion. I'm not sure I have seen anybody that they're not passionate about something and still in the business. Like, they're not. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, I think the passion and fulfillment keeps you in the tough times, but I also think we have to create some spectacular disasters to find out what really makes a, a you know, what really gets us going. And, um, I, I think we, we need to kind of fail forward and then we recalibrate, we go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, things fall apart and they come back together. Um, and we get more clarity on what's important to us and what matters to us. I don't think there's like this formula. The formula is called do stuff, uh, listen to your gut, be willing to make mistakes, and also to be essentially to be humble enough to know you're stuck and knowledgeable enough to know you can get unstuck and recognizing when what you're doing might not be serving you 
on the broader picture? The, the broader picture of where they want to go. Um, I don't know if you read the news, like Elon Musk, like trying to sell his house to raise some money to put into Tesla and SpaceX, right? No. Um, it, it was trending. Like people were like, he's selling his house? Like for what? Like he's the richest person. And, you know, he was tweeting back. And one of the things that really caught my eye is you had to be passionate about something and be bold and courage enough to lose everything and still be able to start over. And this is where the risks come from, right? And like the more successful they are in their businesses, the risks that they're taking is like huge. But people like him who are taking those chances are leading the way, right? Like they're visionaries, they're taking that risk. These values often is attached to emotions as well, right? Like how we think basically a chemical reaction in our mind and then how we use our uh, left brain and right brain in synchronicity to make those choices and say, this is aligning with my values and this is who I am and I'm not going to change no matter what. Um, when you're working with like one-on-one, -on -one, have you seen any examples like this where uh, people were like that, like, you know, who they were being humble, still have those values, and you you saw them like you know five six years later. I I think that um, there there have been a few. I can think of one in particular. I don't have permission to use his name, but I've been working with him for a number of years, and um, I've seen him create a tremendous empire uh, beyond his biggest dream. And I think the reason he has been able to do that is because he has hung on to for dear life and, ex and lived his value of compassion um, through it all. And he's created tremendous wealth and success for the company that he is now very, very senior, started out as a general manager. And now he's, he's uh, grooming for um, president of the company. It's a big, big organization. Um, so I've seen him stay true to his values. Has he gone off track and on track? Yeah, haven't we all, like we all do, but it's a matter of saying, okay, now I have, I have fallen off my wagon, so to speak. How can I recalibrate? And by refreshing or, or re, re-examining your values and see, is this, is this belief around the value going to carry me forward? Because in the beginning, if you have the value of success, it might be defined as financial success. So you work hard for that. And then you might define success as having a family. So you work on that. And then you might define success as building a team, whatever. You, success might be the value, but you refine the way you look at it as you mature and grow. Um, I think that uh, people do get seduced by money or fame or all that kind of stuff. Like I think we've all been, um, I mean, if I'm being honest, sometimes it's like very, seductive to be on stage uh, or to be, you know, sort of seen as something incredible that's seduct seductive. However, um, I have learned that I'm not, I don't get over enrolled in either. I get super critical feedback and I got really positive feedback and neither defines me because the key to leadership, the key to life is to be comfortable being seen by the world. And I, I am comfortable and I'm comfortable because I know my values and I've made enough, I've fallen off my wagon enough times to know I need to course correct. And I think that that's um, 
anyone's life story. You don't have to want to be Elon Musk to live a values-driven life. It might be um, you want to make, you know, the playground at your school safe, mm-hmm. or that you just want to, you know, build a successful family unit. Whatever the goal is, it's grand to you. And if you take steps towards that goal from sort of mindfully from a conscious place with your values, you'll be more, you'll more likely achieve that which you set out to do. Because when you're driven by something deeper than the outside, uh, you, you stick through it when times get tough. But we all get swept away from time to time. It's normal, I think. It, it, it does. And, and I think, you know, there is saying like, we're only humans, right? Like we live and learn. We're massively human. <laughs> <laughs> we're massively human. Um, so what else are you working on right now? Where, where do you see yourself going next? Well, what, what we're just launching right now, actually, we're in the pre-launch this month, is a, a class, an online course called Aligned, a Masterclass in Becoming. And it's really about developing your, what we call a domino goal. And a domino goal is a big goal, and it's called a domino goal because it touches everything else in your life. It causes other things to move. So we're, we're launching that program this month, and then we're launching a program called Leadership in a Hurry, which is online learning. So that's really what we're, we're focusing right now is taking culture transformation uh, to the online world <laughs> to help uh, build connection and maintain connection and understand how to navigate this new world. Because what I think um, the, there's a couple of, uh, of things that are going to result from this. People working from home who don't normally work from home. At first, it might feel crappy to some and good to others, but a byproduct of that will be loneliness. Mm-hmm. So we have to find a way to connect teams again who will be probably remain working remotely. Um, so those are the things that are on my mind. That's, I don't see, um, I don't see me doing any traveling anytime soon. And I used to travel two weeks a month. So we're really focusing on, on the online platform. You know, we all have that moment. Like I want to do something more with my life or I'm gifted and destined to be in such a way. Um, did you have that moment? I know you've been uh, teaching leadership like for almost like 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was that turning point for you? Like you're realizing that, that gift and the bigger purpose. You know, it's interesting. That's a really good question. I never really realized how how actually good I am at what I do until I I train trainers. And I realize when I see other people do the work that I do and um, they have a long way to go, I recognize how I've spent 25 years really mastering my craft. And um, I always say I'm living a dream I never knew I had. I never, ever thought I would be on uh, the stage with Jack Canfield. It was never a dream of mine. I'd never planned it. I never was going to be a speaker. But what I did, so there wasn't sort of this moment of, you know, aha, but it was more recognizing when I followed my gut, amazing things happened. And when I went against what my gut or my intuition told me to do, I had disastrous results. So I've continued to just follow my gut and go with what feels right. And I recognize now more and more when I'm called, you know, to do a, you know, a conversation or to to work with a client or just coaching someone, I just feel so uh, comfortable and confident 
because I know the right things come out of me because I've worked really hard at um, never thinking that I'm right. I'm always willing to learn and I'm not afraid of a difficult conversation. So I don't, I don't have a specific moment, but just a path of following my gut. And then now that people are coming to me to say, hey, can you help with this or that? Then I recognize I have some level of mastery that uh, is worth sharing. Yeah, it's, um, it's about being a leader and taking the responsibility and being consistent day to day, right? Yeah, consistent. And, you know, since the bus day I met, like I have always seen you working and improving yeah. on your courses and how you can make a difference. That's always been there. And I think that's where connected here. We're similar that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot goes on, right? And I, the reason I asked the question for some people, um, it always stems from pain for a lot of them. You know, the pain is the catalyst to explore more in ourselves or in our businesses. And that just leads them on totally onto their destiny, which they never really thought that existed before. So, uh, you know, hence that question. Um, is, there, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, this was a, a fun conversation. I loved it. It was really interesting and fun, and and um, and it was it, it's just really great to connect with you. So my my um, sort of a takeaway is really, you know, recognizing you know that quote that you like so much is that you never touch someone so lightly you do not leave a trace. So it's a, so important to be mindful of how we interact with others, our thoughts and our behavior really has an impact. And, and right now, especially when people can be more sensitive or vulnerable to recognize that, you know, that nice hello, that, um, you know, calm demeanor, a high, opening a door for someone, offering to do something for a neighbor, that's leadership. Leadership shows up in little actions, micro actions and macro actions. And to just, if people say to me, there's one question they've asked me often is, what is the meaning of all this? Like, what's the point of it? And I say, well, what do you want the meaning to be? There isn't an answer out there to come and say, this is why we're having this global pandemic and the world is on fire and shutting down. The answer is in here. So be, as Gandhi says, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, but take that literally and do little things every day some little thing every day to help others and one little thing every day to help yourself just to grow into the new possibility that this is creating for us and recognize that um, uh, there was an expression I just heard, we're all in the same ocean, but we have different boats. Some yeah. of us have, um, you know, bigger boats and other people's boats are sinking. So try to lift others up. That's what I, I think a lot about right now. <laughs> you know, that's, that's amazing. Um, so thank you so much for taking this time. And I know you're a very busy person and I really appreciate this. I had a, I loved it. I love that you went, we, we went all over having a structured plan feels so artificial to me. So I, I love this conversation. And um, if you want to have another one, let me know. It was really, really fun to catch up. And I really, um, I enjoyed this time. So thank you. Um, thank you for being who you are. You know, um, like not many people I have come across in my daily life, mm -hmm. like, like you, you know, there's always some other motives behind or whatnot, but I saw that you're genuinely there, like 
Mm-hmm. I want to make a difference and I want to help you with your core values. And I'm here to hold your hand. Let's move forward together. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you give out to people. So we love you. I so love thank- you back. <laughs> Take care. Nice to see you.